Hope I Got a Mac, podcast episode number 55. everybody and welcome back to another episode of help i got a mac my name is cliff ravenscraft and i am chef mark and chef mark is filling in for us today uh i was filling in for chris biting today and i am i'm so glad you're here mark i can't really fill his shoes all i can hope to do is is to be a shadow of his expert self there you go well i'll tell you what it's it's always a pleasure to have you as a as a guest host here on a gspn.tv production and 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 it's and you are certainly a part of the family that's for sure oh that's sweet um so yeah there's all kinds of news going on in the mac world that that i haven't discovered in the because i've been gone for a week so uh there's all this stuff that we got to to talk about there is quite a few things to talk about and unfortunately i don't have all the details Regarding all of it, however, uh, we'll just read some notes here uh, that that have obviously that Chris had left in the forum. Uh, one of the things that I uh, have heard a little bit about, but haven't had any confirmation on. Have you heard anything about Walmart carrying the iPhone? Um, just just some you know people saying, "Hey, wow, Walmart's carrying the iPhone now." <laughs> now I don't know what it means as far as uh, as far as numbers or business, uh, but I mean obviously you know the fact of of Walmart is the is the largest retailer in the universe, I guess, and for them to 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 carry any product means that you're going to be guaranteed a lot of business or at least exposure. Yeah, but I mean, and of course, I've listened to all the technology pundits uh, throughout the week, and I've heard them talking about this. And it just doesn't make sense that that Apple would quote unquote need this this exposure. Um, wh- what business wouldn't need exposure? I mean, it's it's good for any business to get to get that kind of uh, you know to get that kind of uh, boost in their business, right? Well, I, I we even talked about it before with regard to um, sort of the mainstreaming of Apple and how you know they're they're getting more and more mainstream and and how of course they're gonna, it's it's becoming a challenge because they're going from this boutique company to this really large company um, and and it's going to be prevent present them a challenge as far as their um, uh, their customer service goes. I, I guess here's what I heard. May, let me, now that you're speaking, I, I actually am thinking about the what it is I actually was hearing people say and, and their concerns with Walmart and Apple was was that it was it was not just the fact that Walmart's going to carry them because I don't think that's a big deal at all. I think the actual the deal though is that Walmart it, it was rumored that Walmart was going to sell them for ninety nine dollars or a hundred discount. Yeah, 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 and that, it's gonna, it, and it's only gonna be the four gigabyte iPhone, apparently. Okay, well, I tell you what. While we were talking, I found CNET dot com, uh, news dot dot com has this here. It says the largest retailer in the world could be getting the iPhone. Walmart won't have the iPhone at every location come to the come the end of December, if a report from Boy Genius Report is accurate. But Apple will have iPhones in 2,500 stores in the United States and additional 69 Sam's locations warehouse stores on December 8th, according to the report. It's crazy that but, they wouldn't and, have them by Christmas, though. Well, I guess it's just a matter of, of manufacturing them. I mean, it takes time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I actually found a, a story on uh, MacNN.com. Uh, it says, Walmart to carry four gigabyte iPhone. Apple may be prepared to deliver a sharply discounted iPhone with Walmart in mind, rumors suggest. An anonymous source has indicated that Walmart stores may soon receive a $99 model made with the trade-off of a lower 4-gigabyte storage capacity. Hmm. Apple and AT&T currently sell the iPhone for a minimum of $199 and only in capacities of 8 or 16 gigabytes. The company will likely offer a 32-gigabyte edition sometime in the next year. Apple also stopped the manufacturing of a 4-gigabyte device early into the production of the 2G iPhone due to low demand. 
The phone was at least $3.99 at the time, however, and it's generally believed that the target audience of a Walmart phone would be more concerned with price than maximum performance. Opening of iPhone sales to Walmart has been anticipated for some time, with the most recent information pointing to a December 28th launch date. So, yeah. And then the rest of the CNET report says it's not clear what the price will be charged for the iPhone inside Walmart, but it would be hard to imagine Apple embracing the idea of significant discounts, even though CEO Steve Jobs has talked of needing to stay aware of lower price competitors. Walmart also offers T-Mobile's Android G1 phone, and and though CNNMoney.com had reported that the famously low-priced retailer would be offering the G1, uh, I guess, is that the... Oh, okay, the uh, Android G1 for a $30 discount. Oh, that's not that Google phone? Yeah, that is it, the the Google phone. Uh, For a $30 discount, a Walmart store in San Leandro, California. San Leandro. uh, Leandro, thank you. Uh, Easy for me to say. Was selling the G1 for the standard 179 on Wednesday morning. Apple has shown willingness to embrace the big box types over the past few years. iPods can be found at retail stores across the country and electronics behemoth Best Buy devotes significant space for all of Apple's major products inside many of its stores. stores. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, it's interesting. I was just in Switzerland, and I actually saw an, an electronics store there in Lucerne, which is you know not a huge town uh, that had an Apple uh, sort of department in it. You know, they were an Apple authorized reseller, uh, which I thought was interesting just to see in, in, the, in the middle of you know in the middle of the of this small town in, in Switzerland to see this Apple sort of an Apple store. It wasn't exactly an Apple store, but it was a, it was a reseller. So they're they're clearly looking to really expand beyond the limited scope that can be um, served by their Apple stores. Absolutely. And and you know the whole idea of putting the Apple key, you know, the Apple boutique store inside of Best Buy has been very helpful because I have gone into Best Buy simply because I was looking for an Apple product and didn't want to go all the way to Kenwood which is a 45-minute drive from where I am, and Best Buy is down the road. I would have not gone into Best Buy otherwise, and I have gone back since then to purchase other products because Best Buy, in my mind, is is it, it, it's kind of like ingrained. It, this is a place that I still can shop for my electronics needs. Yeah, the difference being, of course, that, that uh, the pricing is generally the same pricing in Best Buy as it is in the Apple Store or on Apple Online, so here we're talking about a rumor that they're going to be offering the iPhone, which is this, you know, which is the large, which is the main, the biggest draw uh, of Apple products for this really low price. Which I wonder, it's just maybe it's because they say, okay, yeah, we we discontinued making the four G, so or the the four gigabyte model, so there you go. But it just seems like, uh, I mean. W- I don't know. They, I, I wonder if that's going to play into their overall strategy very well, or if it's just going to cheapen the the brand. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't cheap, like put a perception of cheapening the brand. You know, the, I I don't see a pro. I would see a major problem if they started offering the the regular models at a discounted rate, and you couldn't get it the same price. And it doesn't make any sense for them to give a discount at Walmart and and have it be lower than what you could buy the same product for in the Apple store at AT&T. That'd just be stupid. But for a four gig iPhone 3G at 99 bucks, uh, I would, I would say that probably, uh, chances are, uh, very high that that would be something that I would definitely do. I'd replace my wife's original four gig iPhone with an iPhone 3G. But now wait a minute. Is it saying it was a three, it would be a 3G model. Uh, I thought, that it would be, the, it would be the old four gigabyte model that they, that they used to have the two G model. I'd, I think, you know what? I I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure, but I would assume it would be. It, I would assume that they would go ahead and do three G with with the with the GPS unit in it and everything like that, but only a four gig model of the phone. Well, see that would that would kind of be lame because I think that like you know you're paying a lot less than what someone who's who let's say for example like you know I have the two G model, um, so for me to you know, have paid what was it three ninety nine for that, and and granted, I got the sixteen gigabyte, but uh, but you know, you're not paying for the you, you know, it's not so much the 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 storage capacity as it is the the ability capacity. You know, um, I mean, you were even able to get a pretty good price for your four G to to 
your four gigabyte two G model when you sold it, weren't you? Yeah, actually, um, what I I think I paid one ninety nine for my three G phone, and I sold my my original iPhone for two hundred and fifty dollars. That's a little bit of, of a magic trick there because I don't know how, <laughs> why anyone would be willing to pay that much money for a used phone that wasn't as good as the new phone that's cheaper. Well, there were two reasons why. Uh, the, the first reason is the fact that uh, the 3G phone was brand new and it had not yet been, quote unquote, un, um, unlocked. And we're not talking jailbroken. We're talking unlocked where you can actually take the SIM yeah, card out and activated. put T. Yeah, you put a T-Mobile card in there. And so the person who bought it from me wanted to use the phone and and use it and, and basically use it with his uh, T-Mobile account. Right. And okay. so he so was able to do that. There was reasoning for that, yeah, behind his madness. Exactly. Okay. So uh, it, it, it worked out well for me. And he, I'll, I'll tell you, he was extremely happy to be able to find the phone. In fact, uh, a lot of my friends were selling theirs for three fifty and more. Okay. So, so, but I guess it's still, these are still rumors. There's nothing that's definitive about this no, whole Walmart. Nothing, issue. nothing definitive about Walmart. Although with the amount of rumors that I'm seeing it, I, I can't imagine that it won't happen. And and they are in Best Buy. And so if they're in Best Buy, I can't see what would keep them from putting the iPhone in Walmart. The only thing is, is from what I heard from like, I let's see, I think it was Mac Break Weekly or whoever it was. They were just talking about the fact that Walmart does business their way, and and if you know they pretty much, and of course Apple does and business so does, there, and so does Steve Jobs. So that'll be an interesting. Uh, we'll we'll see how long that little marriage will last because uh, usually the companies that do, do business their own way exclusively, um, they don't normally you know get in bed with companies who also do the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Carell's in the in the chat room, and she says she thinks it'll be an eight gig current model 3g phone for 99 dollars, and she thinks it's time for a price drop and that walmart is going to eat the difference or that apple's going to just drop the prices for overall yeah if, if if that's the case then i would say apple would have to draw, drop the prices overall otherwise they're going to keep people from going to the apple store well and it'll actually be an antitrust issue yeah uh, you know you can't say what's the same thing and you're offering it for half the price at this other store um and that it, that's Apple offering it for that price. It would have to you'd have to be Walmart offering it for that price, you right. know, saying, "Well, we're willing to eat eat the cost." But well, where does Walmart benefit there? I mean, it's not like you know, if it were AT and T, you know, we had this discussion before with regard to AT and T and whether or not they would drop the price uh, as some kind of like special. But then you know, knowing that they're going to recoup more money in the in the in the length of the contract. Um, because the you know the contract itself is going to cost more, and th- this was the issue with the three G iPhone, if you recall, right. that the price of the actual phone was less, but if you looked at the contract, it w- you would end up paying more over the life of that you know two year contract or three year contract, however long it was. Right. Well, I'll tell you the, what. The one thing about Walmart is that you know you can you can go in there, you can buy your ammo and your iPhone all at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and so much more. Yeah, right. And your and your gigantic box of of uh, Oreo cookies. That's right. That's right. You know, I actually uh, did buy I I made a pretty significant purchase at Walmart just uh, about a week and a half ago. And I did a lot of shopping around and a lot of price comparison. And and I found the best deal and the best price on what I was exact on exactly what I wanted at Walmart. And it on was, an enormous piece of equipment, and hopefully you didn't get trampled. You didn't trample anyone on your way I to buy it. I did not trample any store employees. No, no uh, temporary employees died in the in the purchasing. I'll tell you, was that horrible or what? Big box item. I thought it was really emblematic of our society at this stage. I t- I, I, it just made me sick to even. Hear and it, it was really terrible that he was a temporary employee. He wasn't even a full employee with full benefits. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's just ridiculous. I, it, you know, it, it, I, I, well, I'll tell you what. This there's a whole other podcast out there for that one, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, that that's very sad and and, and horrible and and uh, anyway. So, so let's talk about some other things because uh, there are some other. Oh well, before we talk about that, I I, was, I went into the just so people know they're wondering what the big purchase was. Is the uh, Stephanie and I finally got around to getting our first HD TV? 
and uh, yeah, never be the same. I'll it's t- like that's it's like the Wizard of Oz where it goes from black and white into color. I'll tell you, it was it was a big change, and uh, we went from we had actually we used to have a twenty nine inch television, and something went out on it, and we we ended up having to just use our old twenty seven inch television for a long time, and we upgraded to a forty two inch television. Uh, LCD, it's a Vizio 1080p, um, screen and it is absolutely night and day different. And it's definitely not uh, an Apple cinema display. No, it's not an Apple cinema display. However, I want to just say I hooked up my MacBook using the, um, HDMI cable. Uh, I, I bought an HDMI cable and then, uh, there, I guess it's DVI that comes out of your MacBook and I bought a, I've got a converter that takes an HDMI cable and then converts it to DVI, which, of course, then my MacBook has that little cable from the mini DVI to DVI, connected it all together and put it on my uh, screen to watch Hulu. You didn't lose uh, any resolution with all those connectors? No. Oh, my gosh, Mark. You would not believe the clarity of this HDTV screen. 42-inch monitor. It was crystal clear. I've never seen something so clear before in my life. And I use LCD flat panel displays on my desk in front of me all the time. And this was amazing. I mean, it was... It, I wanted to sit there and read my email while I was sitting there. Hooked, you know, I could read it from my couch. It was amazing. Well, you know what? I got me one of them cathode ray tubes. Cathode ray tubes. Damn. Them fancy newfangled cathode ray tubes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any kind of flat panel uh, HD TV yet. Um, I, I thought about getting one, but I decided against it for for the short term. Yeah, we we'd been waiting for a long time, and we recognized a lot of uh, like my parents and and stuff. They said they were going to give us money for Christmas, and it turned out it was going to be enough to to cover the cost of an HD TV, and so we went shopping. Uh, see, that's the issue. I don't celebrate Christmas, so uh, no one go. gives me no one gives me presents anymore. <laughs> Somebody send Chef Mark a Christmas gift, a Christmas card with some cash in it. Actually, uh, my my client today actually gave me a, a you know the the obligatory card with with the little bit of cash in there, which was very much appreciated. That's very much cool. appreciated. Um, so, so do we have any help? I got a Mac questions today. Well, uh, before we do that, we do have a little bit more information in here. Now, um, Chris had put something about Boxy in here, and of course, uh, he's been using this this software on his um, his. Chris is a fan of the Boxy. I remember him, him mentioning it a few times before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, basically, it's a program that transforms your Apple TV and kind of unlocks it and gives it some. Uh, some more abilities. It, it unlocks some hidden talent, if you will. So it's kind of like the Mac Heist bundle of uh, of the Apple TV, something like that. So anyway, he says that it now has Netflix support. So if you are, are a next Netflix subscriber, you can now stream that that on demand video to your Apple TV. Uh, it's basically it's got new Hulu. Uh, which I don't know what is new about it, but uh, I thought Hulu was on there before. But anyway, from what I understand, Hulu plays pretty nicely now. Uh, he says okay. it also has MTV Music and the WB. So, oh well, there you go. There's my there's my real reason for getting it. I'm going to have to get it because the WB. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you, I think that that if you're going to get anything, you know, just a what, just two or three hundred dollars more, you get a Mac Mini. And you have the, everything that Apple TV will do, plus you have so much more. Now, now, of course, you know you mentioned that because you are also the recent recipient of a Mac Mini. I am, um, and man, you are just just going crazy with the electronic equipment. I'll tell you. Um, and so, tell me, the Mac Mini itself, it it looks like an Apple TV because they they you know the Apple TV they decided to put it in the same case as the Mac Mini. Um, but what is the size of the hard drive? Because I know that the Apple TV, the, you know, basically is a hard drive. That's really what it is. Um, what's the hard What's the hard drive size on your Mac Mini? Uh, let me go to. It's eighty gigabyte hard drive on my on the Mac Mini that I got. So it's less of a hard drive size than what one is typically on the Apple TV. Uh, is, I'm not sure what's on the Apple TV. 
Isn't it like 120 at least or something like that? I don't know. Let me uh, let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, do, 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 do. We will go to... Yeah, we're, we're really informed here. This is, this is the great help I got a Mac. Well, we don't really know much, but let's just Google it. <laughs> hey, you know, it keeps them from having to do it. So, no, um, they actually have a 40 gig and 160 gig model. That's so, what it is, the 160. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big leap between the two, though, isn't it? It is, and it's only $100 difference, which is crazy. Jeez. Which you'd be stupid not to buy the 161. Exactly. Well, and if you were going to buy the 161, I would go ahead and buy, you know, that's $329. And for $599, you could get um, the actual uh, Mac Mini, which is the one I got. It's actually $559. It comes with the 80 gigabyte hard drive. I know it's half the hard drive space, but still... Um, you you get a full blown Mac OS computer. I mean, it, it's just everything. And do they? But do they have a Mac Mini model that has as large a hard drive as that larger Apple TV? Uh, let's see here. The two gigahertz, uh, one hundred and twenty gig hard drive is seven ninety nine. So it, it's a bit higher. But here here's the deal. You get yourself the five ninety nine model, and you probably already have an extra. 100 gig external drive somewhere laying around your house and you plug right. that into the USB okay. drive and there you go. Okay, so so but but the Apple TV does not have that capability. You can't plug in um, another hard drive via USB because it's it doesn't really have an operating system per se. It will it doesn't have an operating system that's that is typical of of the it doesn't have Mac OS. Let's put it that right. way. In order to use the Apple TV, it basically just uses like it'll it'll be a standalone device to record from a from a cable signal, like a DVR essentially, or you can hook it up through your computer system and use it as a as a library essentially for your for your material. I don't think it actually works as a DVR. Uh, a Mac, it does an Apple TV. No, I think it's only not for- a literal not a literal DVR. I meant I meant it in this in the sense that you know it would be there with stored material that you could then watch right. it well. Yeah, but it doesn't record anything. It only it's only for it's only for viewing stuff that you purchase through iTunes yeah. and stuff. Okay. Now can you download material so you essentially have to transfer it through your computer. You basically have to piggyback it onto your computer. Well way. you used to have to, but now Apple TV will allow you to download things directly to the Apple TV from iTunes. But then you'd need a monitor hooked up to it. No, you, your TV's your monitor. Ah, okay. So, so it's like, that reminds me of the old uh, uh, web TV. You remember the web yeah, TV? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but I mean, it, it, it definitely. But here here's the deal. I mean, the, you can you can sync some stuff over to it. Now you can download other materials that you know, such as DivX uh, movies and and other things like that, and you can get them to play on your Apple TV, but sometimes, number one, you do have to have it tethered up to your your other computer or network in the house, and it also has to be, you have to get some special software to kind of allow it to to play files that's not normally shipped with the ability to play. Yeah, that would be that would be something I would really want. I would really want to be able to say, hey, look, you know, I've got this material on my own computer, and I want to be able to watch it on the large TV through the Apple TV. Yeah. Now, I, I don't plan on hooking my Mac Mini up to my HD TV, but it, let me tell you, if it comes down to it, I'm very much considering getting rid of eight, you know our HD programming here at the house. Or we, well, we don't have HD, so the the idea is that we would upgrade the HD so we can start watching. TV shows and movies and all that stuff in HD via yeah because now you've got your HD TV but essentially it's just a large screen uh, SD TV that's correct you, it, you need to be able to upgrade your cable in order to get the signal that that sends the HD or or my satellite uh, which is what we have it, but I will tell you we get satellite um, which is all digital signals anyway coming down it's still in standard definition but I will tell you it looks pretty good. It's not bad. It, it looks much better than it did before. However, we live, uh, we're about 15 minutes from Cincinnati, so we get a full HD signal from all the TV stations locally. So, so all the TV shows that we watch are pretty much on network TV. And, right, yeah. And those- and I know that CBS was the first to do that, and now ABC and NBC are both broadcast. Essentially, they broadcast it 
the way they broadcast their signal is such that no matter what your TV is, it'll receive the proper signal. Right. And, and so basically we're able to watch full HD signals coming from the, the local TV stations and it looks beautiful. The only thing is, yeah. is we don't have DVR capabilities uh, because it's not being, you know, it doesn't record it. However, here's the situation. We can upgrade our satellite to full HD. All right. And it, so that it'll have a DVR and it'll be able to record in HD and we'll be able to play back in HD. Now, the thing is, is though we have to get a different box. We have to have a whole new antenna put on top or a satellite on top of the house. Um, and not only that, but um, the, the cost is more per month. There's a charge to get the HD content and programming. Of course. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. If you if you were to take the the not the Apple TV, but the Mac mini, which has I mean, like I said, when you hook up these these products, these computers to this this HD TV, it, it is it is absolutely gorgeous picture. You can you could sit there with a, your Bluetooth wireless uh, uh, keyboard and mouse. You could be sitting from anywhere in the upstairs portion of my house, and you could be checking your email and see it fine. But not only that, but there are uh, there's a USB dongle that you can get for your Apple TV or your PC. By the way, uh, you can get a little dongle that is an HD HD receiver. And it has software to turn your uh, Apple OS or your PC OS, either one, uh, into a DVR recorder. <laughs> he said dongle. Dongle. <laughs> so anyway, basically, with you can turn your 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 Mac Mini or your PC into a full HD DVR. And you also have the ability, the same functionality of, of downloading, you know, for example, my wife says, you know, we wouldn't be able to get Disney Channel and we wouldn't be able to get this. We wouldn't be able to get that. Well, a lot of that stuff's available for free online now. And what's not available can be purchased uh, by episode, usually in iTunes. Wow. So, I mean, you're looking at an upfront cost, but then the monthly cost goes down to zero. Yeah, but but then you know, obviously, you don't have full access to everything. You know, you you can you, you, the way you're talking about, you can kind of cobble together the programming, but it's not the same as if you were just to get the the full service. Well, that's right. But right now, in our, for example, our family right now, we have Directv, but we only have the family package. So we have and, and our local channels. So we have local channels, which now our local channels are broadcasted in higher quality than our digital satellite. And the only other channels that we have are probably 15 family-related TV channels. And the only ones of those that really get used are Food Network and uh, the Disney Channel and some Nickelodeon shows. Sweet. So, and uh, anyway, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just interesting what you can do. And, yeah. and I, what, what I did get, though, is, is the Mac Mini. And so... Uh, in the same way that my HD TV is a is a gift, so is the app, uh, the Mac Mini, and I will tell you, it's awesome to have because now I'm able to stream all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here from the GSPN TV studio, and come in crystal clear. Well, that UStream needs to update some things to let me broadcast just a little bit clearer. Would be nice. Yeah, to broadcast in HD. <laughs> right. Now, in the chat room, they're asking me if I used uh, Migration Assistant to bring any apps over, and I did not. In fact, um, my Apple or the Mac, T- the Mac Mini that I have right now, I basically all I've done so far was set it up. I installed Cam Twist, which is the program that puts the the letterboxing and all the text and stuff for my stream, and um, I fired up uh, and I installed Firefox. So that I could uh, connect to UStream, and that's the only thing I'm using the the Apple or the Mac Mini for is just streaming the video out for UStream. I actually gather from the from the chat. I haven't been reading it very specifically, but it looks like they were talking about that Pups Pals was trying to uh, uh, upgrade and, and had some issues. Oh, is that what's going on? Okay. Yeah, they weren't. I don't think they were asking you. <laughs> I think they were I apologize. You. That's my fault for only randomly. We were ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So someone who actually had a help, I got a Mac question. And we've been ignoring it. <laughs> nice. And we've been talking about non-Mac stuff here. So anyway, it looks like um, uh, basically, oh, I've tried to insta- reinstall 30 par- third-party applications, no luck. One of the disks, uh, let's see, one's off the disk like Word and Photoshop. The installers won't run either. So she, she's having some major issues there. Uh, let's let's scroll up and find out what happened. She says, I'm trying to avoid archive and install. Oh, okay, her PPC, which is her PowerPC applications, won't launch in Rosetta on her Intel Mac. Uh, help, I got a MacBook Pro. So she's having some issues there. Uh, Pub Spells, what I would, what I would suggest doing is go to the help. I got a, uh, Mac section of our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum and put it in there. And, uh, of course you've got, uh, Carell in there and she's trying to help, but some other folks in there may be able to help you out. I know we, uh, typically have a lot of, uh, great power users that, uh, check the forum regularly in the help. I got a Mac section. And uh, if it's not answered in a couple days, let me know, and I'll even put a uh, link out on Twitter for it, and we'll we'll sick the the big dogs on it. All right, I so let's see here. Help! I got a Mac number oh, fifty five. What about three? There was, yeah, there were some questions here about about RAM and adding additional RAM. Yeah, let's talk about that. You want to read uh, read what Chris yeah, wrote? Yeah, yeah. So the so the new MacBooks. Apparently uh, unstable after third-party RAM installed. Users on the Apple support discussion forums are reporting problems with third-party RAM upgrades, noting system inability and lockups. Even users who have purchased RAM from providers that pride themselves on Mac compatibility, such as Crucial and OWC, are seeing the same issues. It seems that the only solution is to take out the third-party RAM and use Apple-branded RAM. International users with no access to an Apple Store are currently out of luck, or SOL, as uh, we like to say. Ouch. <laughs> um, and now, of course, what that means is not only that you know you have to buy the Apple RAM, is that you have to buy that like seven or hundred dollar Apple RAM. I mean, don't they charge like ridiculous rates for their RAM if you buy it from Apple? They do. Um, I do know that I got a di- I got a, a pretty decent price on my upgraded RAM. Because I I had it upgraded in the initial purchase of my MacBook. Yeah, but even so, you paid a lot more than what you you know. There, oh, yeah. there are a lot of online uh, sources, and as I say, you know, that pride themselves on their ability to work with with Apple. You know, Crucial and OWC, where you know you can buy RAM for for two hundred bucks versus yeah. the seven dollars that Apple wants to charge you. Uh, and the, the the last bit of it here is it says, of course, Apple will only officially support their own branded RAM from Samsung. Upgrade kits of this sort are apparently working without issue. So we're talking about just like how you did, where you, you upgraded it, uh, having bought it from, uh, from Apple. Unfortunately for many, however, acquiring these modules has become somewhat of an active futility, as Apple's online store says the upgrade kits are unavailable for owners of the 2.0 and 2.4 gigahertz MacBook. So mm. it looks as though they've they're sort of silently admitting without admitting that there's a problem. Yeah. Because if you're if they're saying, "Oh, it's unavailable right now. You can't purchase this particular piece of of uh of RAM," then it means that hey, there's a problem and we know it, but we're not going to uh, announce it. Right. That that's not cool. Which yeah. it's not it isn't cool. And again, it it go it takes us back to the this ongoing conversation of Apple's growing and it's growing too fast, and it's not necessarily handling things in the way that the small, boutique, lovely, wonderful, we love you kind of company does. You know, they're, they're more handling it the way a company like Microsoft traditionally has, which is we're going to obfuscate the reality and we're going to pretend and, 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 and we may outright lie to you um, and we're going to do what's, what's right for us and not what's right for you. Well, here... Here, here's my opinion on it. I, I would say that it's not. I, I agree with you that that Apple is definitely going to be dealing with you know growing into the big corporation world and stuff like that, uh, and, and becoming the the big guys. However, I I really don't think that this is necessarily that issue completely. I think what we have here is we have the first generation of a brand new product, and and my own my own opinion on that is that when somebody comes out with a brand new product. Uh, it's probably best not to be among the first that purchase those things. Sometimes I, 
Uh, of course, that I, I say that, but I'm, I personally, I'm an early adopter. So, well, but then also hasn't. Here's the thing, though. Apple has historically had the reputation of being the kind of company where they do their testing before they sell it, and they, you know, up until recently, it's been that you know you you buy it and it works. Simple as that. You know, you don't have to do the beta testing for them. Uh, the way you have before on a lot of other products, especially Microsoft software, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but um, but again, I think it's just, it's that's not a good thing, you know. I mean, to, yeah, we can all say, oh, gee, yeah, you better be careful when it's brand new because there's going to be issues. But that's not you know that's not the way that a the company has worked in the past, or b the way any really great company should operate. You know, a great company should test the products out before. They release them and should should work through all those bugs. So and, I, I have and a we're question talking for about you. About hardware bug, you know, it's not just it's not just like a bug that gets discovered because uh, power users are breaking it, but rather this is hardware. I mean, you know, you, you should be able to plug a module in and have it recognized. Well, the question is though is is it your is it Apple's responsibility to check third party RAM? I think it's it's. No, because we're talking here. We're talking about RAM that has previously worked with all of their products. So those companies have have optimized their products to be able to work with Apple products. So something's happened with this new MacBook that you know the Apple must have changed something for this RAM to suddenly not work in it the way it has in the previous products. Yeah, but I I just don't know. I don't I- think it's their responsibility. But by the same token, it's see again. It goes back to the question of. Do you do what you do to serve your customers, or do you do what you do to serve yourself? Right. And unfortunately, I think you know, time and time again, we've seen Apple has done. They've made their choices to serve them, you know. And Steve Jobs will say, "Well, this is how it should be," and that's that. that see, and, 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 for and meanwhile, the users are are begging for them to do it the way that they want it, so that the, so that this you know piece of equipment can serve their lives better right and that's really what a good company should do it should serve their customers and you know give the customers what they want regardless of what it is even if you as a you know as an aesthete don't believe that 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 the design would work so well well Um, here's the thing i've always known apple to be the kind of company that really isn't concerned with what you think you want it's what they think you want it i've never known apple to be any other type of company other than that even when they were the small boutique people right but again what i'm saying is that that's not good that's not good business practice period yeah well Uh, just isn't and and i'm going to continue to criticize apple on that um you know, not that you know, not that I'm some big, big important name, but but you know, I, I'm not going to just be a fanboy. You know, there are no, enough no. Apple fanboys that just say, "Oh no, Apple's great, Apple's great." You know, I'm like, no, I, I yeah, Apple's great, but I want it to be greater. I want it to to serve me in the way that I want it. You know, like cut and paste on a darn iPhone. No you know? doubt, little basics like that that everyone is asking for. And it's like, look, it's not going to hurt the device. To be able to offer things that the customers are asking you to do, um, right. and to to say, "Hey, look, we recognize that you're going to want to buy your RAM from other sources, and that's okay." Like, I think Apple needs to needs to to do that. They need to they need to accept that that they need to change the culture of their company to say, "You know what? Apple manufactured products." aren't going to necessarily be the number one choice for all of our customers as far as add-ons. And that's all right. You know, <laughs> Carell said she said that we are to design a uh, t-shirt that says we're tired of being a beta tester. Or tired no, of oh, pay- yeah. paying to be a beta tester. Yeah, tired of paying to be a beta tester. Yeah, with, with a Apple big logo. Apple logo on the back. <laughs> that is and it's, funny. It's just interesting. I think what's going to happen is you're going to start to see a shift happened where, yeah, you know, the, the crazy cultish fanboys will always be the crazy cultish fanboys. But I think, though, that the people who are just really like, wow, Apple's a great company, are going to start to, that's going to start to disappear. And people will just be like, okay, well, you know, I like my Apple, I like my Mac, I like my, my products. But they're not going to necessarily be that sort of gung-ho Apple customer if Apple continues to ignore what the customers want. Right. Well, it, it's obvious to everybody that's listening that this is not the Apple fanboy podcast here. 
and we've always shared our open criticism. And one of the things that I will say with all the criticism that, that I've had with Apple over time, uh, it seems that over a long period of time, Apple usually comes around and delivers in the end. And, 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 and I agree that it's frustrating to, to have some issues right out the bat, especially with as many issues that we had with the iPhone, with the slow, backups and the crashes on the iphone i mean they they really got it wrong there for a while but but at the same time i'm just glad to have this device that i have in my pocket today and and so i think it sounds like you're comparing apple to like the u.s government you know they, (laughs) they, they screw up but in the end they do the right thing but it takes a lot of hassle (laughs) wait a second that that's nothing like the government because i just don't think they ever get it right in the end (laughs) <laughs> so so they're they're slightly they're a couple grades above the government let's put it that way okay. well okay there we go all right so uh we do have a question that came in uh from one of our listeners out there it's chris k and he says i was one i was listening to close most recent my crazy life podcast and i had a question about the gps on the iphone Cliff answered that question, but a few more came up as I w- as a result of it. So here's his questions. He goes, number one, for driving, I'm going to stick with my current Garmin GPS for now. Uh, but can you use the iPhone to help you find your way in your car in a large parking lot or a parking garage? Uh, I would say probably not. Nope. Uh, let's see here. I would imagine you can set your car as a destination before you leave it and navigate it back to it that way. Am I at least close to how this would work? No. Uh, you would be able to find the parking lot in the big city. So you would be able to kind of put a little push pin in where you're at and then walk, you know, seven blocks down the road and, and go left here, right there, left here, right there. And because you put the push pin in, you'll be able to find your parking lot but you're not going to be able to get right down into the, the the pinpoint position. Right. And in fact, what's interesting about that is that it, a lot of times it relies on technology that basically just gives an address rather than an actual GPS location. So, for example, that push pin may be on the other side of the building from where you are. Right. So <laughs> it's going to get you to the parking lot, but that's about it. Uh, let's see here. My Garmin doesn't provide traffic updates, and I will not use uh, and I will not use any cell phone while driving. Uh, let's see here. I know you can get traffic updates on the f- iPhone, but uh, can you plug in a route and uh, get the current conditions before you leave? Uh, I come home. Okay, so basically, the answer to your question there is no. It's not going to be able to do that. In fact, it doesn't do any turn by turn directions or anything like that at all. At this time, I think that that's something that will ultimately it's one of those things that's kind of frustrating and it doesn't have it now. But turn by turn directions, I think, ultimately is going to end up in the iPhone somehow. You think the Garmin is going to is going to work with them to create? I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I, Garmin or, or Nuvi or somebody. I guess they do it Apple's way. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. It, out. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I, I'll be happy to have turn by turn because, you know, why not have it at this point? It doesn't make sense for it to not have it. And anybody who's complains about... It doesn't about, make sense for it not to have uh, uh, copy and paste. I know. But it still doesn't have copy and paste. I know. And that's got to come in the future, too. I mean, it, th- those two things are just going to have to happen. And, uh, you know, as, as far as, exactly. The only thing is, is that the, the, the argument of battery life, that's ridiculous because get yourself a a cigarette lighter plug and, and, and plug the thing in. All right. Well, it is seeing how it really does drain the battery. I mean, that, that constant pinging it, find out what is really does drain the battery. They, they, uh, they make those car adapters with the little USB interface in it. You bring your little cable and you plug it in. And I'll tell you, I went down to uh, Gatlinburg, drove six hours and had no issues at all. My phone was fully charged when I unplugged it when I got there. Yeah. And did you use it at all for GPS? Oh, I used it for GPS. I used it for listening to iPod uh, to, to my iPod um, it, for audiobooks and podcasts. I was using it to browse the web. We were using all the applications on it. Uh, it just everything, yeah. 
That's interesting because I haven't really used any of the GPS capabilities. Well, first, obviously, I have the 2G, which doesn't have the same kind of GPS capabilities. But even so, I wouldn't just because I don't drive a car here in New York City. <laughs> well, what was very helpful for me, we got into, you know, coming out of Gatlinburg in, in Sevierville, they have this stretch of highway. Sevierville? Yeah, Sevierville. <laughs> That's a cool name. <laughs> so uh, they have this They have this stretch it's of... Right, it's right next door to Mildville. Yes, so they have this uh, stretch of highway that is notorious for just an hour-long traffic jam and with no way of getting out otherwise. But there, basically what I was able to do is I was able to uh, pull up Google Maps and I was had the GPS show me exactly where I was. And I can kind of zoom out just a little bit and I could see the side road would take me four blocks up and then back over to a red light where I can get back in traffic. So I was able to skip like four red lights at a time just by using the little zoom out feature to take me around. And then finally, I was able to find this one road that would take me three miles out of my way, but would bring me to the to the north side of the expressway so that I could travel back down a mile and a half. And I actually cut about an hour, or I'm sorry, I cut about 45 minutes out of my sitting in traffic by going a route that's about three to four miles out of my way. Too bad it won't let you uh, teleport. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, you could be like Jean-Luc Picard. Energize. That's iPhone 5G. (laughs) To boldly go where no iPhone has gone before. That's right. So uh, anything else uh, in the Mac world? Anything else going on? Now, you have the original iPhone. Is that correct? I have the original 16-gig iPhone, yeah. And and how's that working out for you? Actually, I think it's the second one that came out. Right, uh, you know the second sort of generation of the of the iPhones. It's working great. I mean, I'm loving it. I, I I've you I've downloaded a lot of apps. I got a lot of apps on there, but I you know I frankly I don't really use a lot of apps. The, the apps that I use the most frequently are various Twitter apps, um, and I, thankfully the Twitter phone app has, seems to be fixed. Um, have you used Twitter phone? No, at all? no, but I I paid it's Twitter F O N. And it's a really good, it's a free uh, app. And of the free apps, it, it's the one that I like the best. Um, but it was, it was Borkin for a while because uh, I, I think something happened uh, with Twitter and therefore like the, the, the app just kept crashing constantly. Um, so now it seems to be affixed. Um, and I, I like it. Um, there's also another Twitter app that's pretty good called Natsu Lion. I don't like the name so much because it's kind of dumb, but... It's Nat Sulion, N A T S U L I O N, and they're both really good Twitter apps for yeah. the iPhone. I had uh, both of those, and I'll tell you what: when I when I started searching and I found Nat Sulion, I really enjoyed that one, and it was it was my favorite until I came across a paid for application for two dollars and ninety nine cents, I think, and I I started using Tweety T W E E T I E, and oh my gosh, is it amazing! It is absolutely awesome. What are the features that it has beyond what the Twitter phone app has? Well, first of all, I can log in with, uh, you know, I, right now I, I have, let me count, I have five uh, five different accounts logged in right now. So I can easily go to my accounts tab, choose an account, it logs me right in, tells me it's tweets. I can. It has a different tab for my replies. It has a different tab for my direct messages. I have the ability to delete my direct messages from the application. Uh, even when the delete button has been disabled on the website, it still works through the API. Um, I have Now, it's interesting. I've heard people talking about deleting these direct messages, and, and I've never understood why that's such a big deal. Cause you can I'm an Inbox Zero guy. You're in it, so it's 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 about your compulsion, really, yes. more than anything else. I, okay. I can't. It, matter. I liked. If, if there's something in the inbox, it means it's been unresponded to, and it needs a response. See, you would probably have a coronary if you looked at my uh, Gmail inbox. I, oh, I would probably no doubt. Right now, in my <laughs> in my inbox of Gmail, I have 13 messages, one of them unread, and that that for me is 13 to do items. Yeah. So, but anyway, well, I just have a much different philosophy, or just you know, way of going about that. I, I look at it as like, I, I've looked at a lot of those things, and I've acted on a lot of those things, and the rest of it, I just look at as, as a history. Yeah. Know? Well, I, the archive is my history. But anyway, let me go back to this app for a second 
because uh, the the nice thing is is you can click on any tweet that's out there and you can hit the reply button and it automatically pulls up a little window. It says, okay, do you want to send this as a public reply or a direct message reply? And if you hit direct message, it doesn't say D space and then the username. It actually has this whole interface and it's, and it's clear that if you actually send this message, it's not going to the public. And I was having too many issues with some of these other free applications where I would be hitting, you know, reply and I wanted to actually do it as a, as a direct message to an at reply that came to me. And it ended up going out as a at message or an at reply on Twitter. And so, and, and then of yeah, course there are, there are a lot of other things out here. For example, you can hit more and you can look at trends. So you know how when you go to search.twitter.com, it shows you all the trends, what the big topics are. You, it has yeah. that. You, and it's got search.twitter.com um, functionality, functionality in it. And it will also give you the ability to do save searches. So anytime you – like anytime I want to find out with what's going on with – or what's being said about the Heil PR40, I click on this little button here for a save search. And, for example, it's loading right now. And it's doing a search for high LPR 40. And then it's right now it's pulling up a list of all the tweets that are going on. For example, typical Mac user, uh, Victor Kaye says, I have been using a Shure SM7B for about a year. That's why I'm waiting, uh, willing to let go of the high LPR 40. Uh, and he says, in case you missed it yesterday, I'm selling my used high LPR 40 with case. Uh, so if it, direct message him if, it, if anybody's interested. And so basically, and the reason why I do this is I'm, you know, I do a search and, and I can occasionally just push this button and it tells me if anybody out there is asking information about where's the best place to get a high PR 40. I do the same thing for JK audio. I do the same thing for podcast consulting or consultant. So, uh, I love having that ability and it's all, all built into one application. Yeah, that's nice. That that sounds like it's a it's an application that's well worth the three bucks. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm using one other application I'd like to tell you about, and I use it in combination with uh, the actual built-in alarm clock feature. Uh, so first of all, did you know that if you install uh, ringtones, custom ringtones onto your phone, that those ringtones can be used as an alarm? I sure do. I use I use one frequently for my alarm. Very cool because I didn't. Know I use yeah the the new soul song sometimes for an alarm. I wish that they would allow the alarm clock to wake to a playlist. That would be awesome. But they it's just ironic because the old iPod does that. Yeah, absolutely. So so I do use the applicate the the clock application to set my alarms. Now here's here's an application that I absolutely fell in love with. It's called Nightstand. All right. And Mark, I am going to are you looking at the the, the window up there? Check this out. It, there, my my display is gonna be just delayed for a second. But okay. uh, I'm holding it up to the camera and it should be coming up right about now. Can you describe to people what you're seeing? Um it might be really delayed. Hold on. Yep. It should be showing up right about now. Uh, I'm seeing okay, so I'm seeing 754. Uh, it looks like the it looks like the um, uh, the night the nightstand uh, little alarm clock that you have. Exactly. So it basically it, it looks like it's a it's a fake LED clock um, that would normally be on your nightstand, and uh, it does landscape and portrait mode. So if you have a does dot- it stay lit? It stays lit the entire night, so you do not want to use this unless say, that can really drain battery life. That, that, and then same same thing with the GPS in the car. You plug it into the dock keep and leave. Plugged in. Keep it plugged in. <laughs> I I put this because you know what I I can't tell you. It's, it's been forever since I've actually had a a nightstand clock, and I love waking up at three o'clock in the morning and just, you know, peering over to see, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh man, is it time to get up already? And I look over and it's like three twenty in the morning and say, ah, I'm going right back to sleep. And so Cliff, do you really love getting up at three in the morning? I do. I I mean, I love, no, what I love is waking (laughs) up at three o'clock in the morning and going right back to sleep because it's only three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, see, I, that's, that's interesting because I like, I think that's a, that's a good idea for a, 
for an app if you need that sort of thing. But the thing, the truth is, I have a nightstand clock and it works just fine. And I also have a clock on my that has a very similar kind of look to it on my cable box in my bedroom, which tells the time. Well, so, I, no, I'm, know, I'm saying that I wake up in the middle of the night. There's two two things that I can look at, and it's not. And my iPhone isn't going to be angled properly for me to do that. I would actually have to get my body up to even look at the iPhone to see that it had that display on it because right. I don't have like a, you know, uh, some kind of stand that will hold the iPhone at an angle. Right. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, for me, it is an awesome app and I love it and it's free. Oh, in that case, well, let me just download it right now. It's called <laughs> Nightstand. Okay, there we Nightstand. go. Cool. There you go. So uh, I'll tell you what. I'm a free app freak. I, I, will, I will download free apps, but I... I I think there's only one or two apps that I've ever paid for. I paid for the Yahtzee app, which is pretty good. Tap defense is addictive. Don't do not do not. Yeah, I don't. I don't really play the games. I'm not really yeah. big on the games. Well, I'm big on the social media connecting things, but not the games yeah. so much. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I do have some announcements here. First of all, everybody listening to this podcast episode, I want to let you know this is available free to everybody. Uh, we what we do here is we release every other episode of Help I Got a Mac to folks on the free feed but if you want to get every single week's episode you want to become a plus member and you can learn more about that at gspn.tv slash plus got a special deal happening just here in the month of december the last month of december if you become a charter plus member which means you become a plus member in the first year that we're doing this full-time as a career uh you will get the first month free and uh, so you want to hurry up and do that right away. I don't get two more weeks to go because we're December 15th right now. That's exactly right. So first month free. Uh, that way you can make sure that you, you don't have to worry about uh, taking the 10 bucks out of your Christmas money. So uh, gspn.tv slash plus. Also want to announce that uh, some exciting things are happening here. Two big things I want to announce. Number one is that – actually, three things. Uh, number one is that I'm going to CES in Las Vegas, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. If you want to learn more information about that and what that means as far as the coverage that I'll be providing, uh, go to podcastanswerman.com and check out episode number 87. It'll tell you all about what the Consumer Electronics Show is and the kind of coverage that I'll have. Um, the other thing I want to tell you is that we are getting ready to celebrate our third year in podcasting. Stephanie and I uh, started on December 16th, so tomorrow it's exactly three years from the launch of our first episode of a podcast. And That's great. We're also celebrating this year in December uh, the the completion of our very first year of doing podcasting as a career, actually doing this as a business. And uh, it's been an exciting year. Some tremendous uh, uh, advances have been made in, in, the, in the stuff that we're doing here. And we're celebrating all of this, both the three-year anniversary and the, uh, the first year in doing this as a career, on December 31st with a 24-hour podcast marathon. And uh, basically, we're going to start... It's going to be a whole lot of GSPN. It's going to be a whole lot of GSPN. And we're going to start 12.01 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So as soon as it turns Wednesday morning, we're starting. And it's going to end as the... the, We're going to finish up right as the ball drops in Times Square. So we're going to be here all uh, New Year's Eve... Uh, for 24 hours leading up to the ball dropping in Times Square. We invite you to join us. If you want to be a part of uh, any of those 24 hours of programming, uh, there is a schedule that is already starting to fill up. Uh, you can find it over at gspn.tv slash calendar, or it's underneath the chat window at gspn.tv slash live. And uh, unlike some other, there have been some other great podcasters, uh, Andrea and uh, the Jay and Jack podcast, and and I know Todd Cochran. Some other folks have done 24-hour marathons of podcasting. What's going to be unique about this one is we're actually going to record 24 hours worth of podcast content uh, that will be released into podcast feeds. So everything is going to go out as a podcast. Now, it's not all going to go out right at once. So the first week you have 24 hours of GSPN to listen to. Uh, but the good thing is we're going to uh, be releasing a lot of content or recording a lot of content that will be released over the coming weeks into the new year. And that leads me to my third announcement, which is a brand new podcast that we just launched called The Community Voice. 
and it's a podcast where uh, basically the the focus and the attention and and the topic is you the community member of gspn.tv and uh, you can find more details about that over at uh, gspn.tv uh, it's right there on the front page so Mark, do you have anything else you want to share before we shut down? For those people who are familiar with, with me, Chef Mark, that uh, over at culinarymedianetwork.com, we have launched our new site. So we have a completely newly redesigned website, and uh, we think it looks kind of cool. So go check it out at culinarymedianetwork.com. That's right. And, folks, let me tell you, that, that, check out culinarymedianetwork.com. And uh, do you have the fork in the road on there as well? We put yeah, we put all of our shows onto that. And what's great is that, as you know, with the with the WordPress installation now, is that we can you can generate an RSS feed for each of the shows individually and uh, and subscribe to that. Very cool. You guys definitely, if you're into food, there's lots of stuff there. And if you're into travel, which I, I really enjoy watching the fork in the road the most, uh, just the the just the little bits and pieces of behind the scenes of their footage and all their trips that they're doing around the world. Um, it's great stuff. Culinarymedianetwork.com and also twitter.com slash chef mark. Yep. Thank you, Mark. Thanks. <laughs>